In the name of Christ the Lord, amen. The text of scripture which serves as the basis of our meditation today is the epistle reading, or a portion of it, read earlier from James chapter 2, specifically verses 14 through 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. This is the appointed epistle reading for this week, for last Sunday. But I have to admit that last Sunday, when I was preaching, I didn't preach on this epistle. I preached on another epistle. And the reason was because I was asked to preach for the 50th anniversary of the ordination of my former senior pastor. And he selected a text for me to preach. The text he selected was Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing, a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. And just as you responded, so was my response. What a contrast. What a contrast between these two passages, James 2 and, Epistle, and uh, Ephesians 2. In fact, many would say it's more than a contrast, it's an outright contradiction. That James is teaching justification by works, and Paul is pe preaching justification by grace through faith apart from works. So how do we resolve this seeming contradiction? Well, if you're a higher critic, it's no problem. They say that the Bible is written by many different human authors who oftentimes contradict one another. So just accept it. Of course, we can't do that because we hold to the infallibility of the scriptures. Another possibility then would be to take the uh, direction of the ancient Ebionite sect that simply got rid of all of Paul's writings from the canon. Then all we'd have would be James. But of course, as Lutherans, that is not an option for us. We hold dear the teachings of Paul. Well, the other option then would be to jettison James, that old straw epistle, throw it in the fire. And many Lutherans might be tempted to do that. But we still have James in our canon. After the reading of the epistle reading from James 2 today, you responded, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so we're still left with James 2, Ephesians 2. Do we pit the two against one another? There's another option, another solution. And that is to understand the distinctive intentions of each writer and the distinctive audiences to whom they are writing. You see, Paul in Ephesians 2 is presenting God's plan of salvation by grace through faith apart from works. But James here is seeking to convict 
Those who have lax faith, who are hypocrites, whose faith, he says, is dead. And so he is calling them to repentance. James is speaking law. Paul, in Ephesians 2, is speaking gospel. And so the key here is that which Dr. C.F.W. Walther gives to us in his classic, The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. Walther acknowledges, unless you understand law and gospel, there are many, many passages of scripture that seem very contradictory. But when you understand and apply law and gospel, it becomes clear. Walther says in his thesis number eight that the law is properly applied to those who are secure in their sin, whereas the gospel is applied to those who are in terror of their sin. Let's make that application today. So, today, if you are secure in your sin, if you see grace as simply an alibi to allow the lusts of your flesh to do what you wish, you know, sin all the more that grace may abound. If you see justification as a rationale, a license for going against God's will, disobeying his word, his commands, then James 2 is for you. You need to hear the message of James, that faith without works is dead. James gives an illustration of those to whom he was writing. He describes people who are negligent of those who are poor, those who have bodily needs. He highlights a sin of omission, but it could be a sin of commission as well, to which this text is spoken. Let me give you a modern-day example. When I was a parish pastor, there was a man in the congregation who left his wife for another woman, had an adulterous affair, adulterous relationship with another woman, and was living in that adulterous relationship. As his pastor, I came, met with him, confronted him with this sin, called him to repentance. But his response, Pastor, I have faith. I still believe that Jesus is my Savior, and faith is what saves me. To which I responded, James 2, faith without works is dead. You must bring forth the fruit of repentance. And then I also quoted from Ephesians chapter 5, the same epistle that Ephesians 2 is found in, showing that Paul's not adverse to applying the law. Ephesians 5 that says that someone who is sexually impure or immoral will not enter into and inherit the kingdom of God. There is a time for James 2. There's a time for the application of the law. And today, if you are secure in your sin, if you are complacent about breaking the will of God, the word of God, James 2 is for you. But if today you are contrite and you are crushed by the message of God's law, if you are in terror of your sin, 
and God's judgment of that sin. James 2 isn't for you. Ephesians 2 is for you. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Grace, God's unmerited love and favor to you, a sinner, for the sake of the work of Christ. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not counting people's sins against them. And he doesn't count your sins against you as you come in repentant faith for the sake of the work of Christ. This is a message as well that is appropriate, that is essential. And it's essential to proclaim to those who are crushed by the weight of their sin and repentant. I'll give you another example from my parish ministry. I once received a phone call to come to attend to an elderly woman who was sick. I came to her bedside, and she was sick. In fact, she would die only a few weeks later. And she was in terror over her sin. She had been a regular uh, attender of worship and Bible study. But there she grabbed my hand tight, and she said, Pastor Peter, I have read the Bible. And I know what the last chapter of the Bible says, Revelation 22, that murderers will not enter into the New Jerusalem. Pastor Peter, when I was a teenage girl, I got pregnant and I chose to have an abortion. Note, this was decades before Roe v. Wade. And she said, I am a murderer. I took the life of my own child. How can I enter into God's eternal kingdom? Oh, pastor, give me some hope. At that point, I did not speak James 2. I spoke Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. God's unmerited mercy and just as your works cannot earn entrance into his kingdom, so your evil deeds are not so great that they cannot be covered by his blood, that you might be forgiven. And I announced absolution upon her, and she had peace, peace in her dying days. There is a time for speaking Ephesians 2 to those who are contrite over their sins. And today, for you, are you in terror of your sin? Then Ephesians 2 is for you. God's grace is for you. His pardon is for you. So what is our position? James 2 versus Ephesians 2 pitting them against each other? Oh no, it's not either or, it's both and. For there is a time and a season for both. There is a time and a season for tearing down with the law, James 2. And there is a time and a season for building up with the gospel, Ephesians 2. May we, the servants of God's word, speak 
that word of law and gospel in the appropriate season. And today, may we hear it as appropriate. Amen.